still draw them at every forum. Don't lose no points, I just score them. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the forum. I go by the name of Charles Diamond, a.k.a. Black Bruce Dwayne Michael Carter Williams Jr. Here with... Ali, a.k.a. Back to Back Allen. Raj, a.k.a. Unwritten Intruder. Andrew, a.k.a. The Third Gasol Brother. Wow, I'm the only one with an irrelevant AKA today. That's you rare. You had a junior in there, and Wesley Matthews Jr. Is, you know, you you kind of had it. He brought it back. He brought it back. What is this affection with Michael Carter Jr.? I don't. It's not really. It's just because <laughs> Lil Wayne's name is Dwayne Michael uh, Carter, yeah. so I can go Black oh, Bruce right, yeah. Dwayne, which is like Black Man, Bruce should, Michael Carter. Is bringing is bringing Batman rap and basketball together. It's like the essence of me. <laughs> No, but like comparing Lil Wayne to like this, you know, point guard that didn't reach any kind of his heights. If he continued his trajectory from his rookie of the year campaign, like there was something there, man. Also, he helped me win fantasy basketball that year. So uh, he was he was was a fantasy god that year. Yeah, because he was the he was the only one doing anything for Philly. It's crazy. Two point guards, Brandon Jennings and Michael Carter Williams, were two point guards where in their rookie season you're like, okay, they're the future. Yeah, and then I remember. (laughs) <laughs> like Brandon Jennings was rumored to go to the Lakers for the longest time. And there was like a fake report that was like, we packaged Pau Gasol and then we got like Urson and uh, Brandon Jennings. And I remember one of my friends who's a huge uh, Brandon Jennings fans was freaking out at the rest. We were the, at the Buffalo wild wings we were at. <laughs> um, and yeah, but I mean, thankfully we didn't end up with Brandon Jennings. Cause I don't think I've, really remember remembered anything he's done uh ever since he dropped 55 two things one brandon jennings went to oak hill so no disrespect allowed oak hill is a, a virginia <laughs> basketball powerhouse yeah uh second of all i think that's a really good strategy what philly did to like boost your your trade value for your rookie just like have a trash team and give them ball because like when you when you're trying to trade them other teams are going to be like, we know he's trash. And I'm going to just be like, what are you talking about? He just let our team like tri- average a triple-double. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> Can you go first, though? Like, where did he go overall? No, he went like f- like fifth or something like that. Oh, I have I, I have a pop quiz for all of you right now. And you, I, I want an answer from each one of you. Oh, man. And don't say you know the answer. Just say what you think it is, and then we'll see. <laughs> what team is a, who he played for? What team oh, did Michael Carter Williams play for last season? Uh, we'll go. We'll, I'll, I'll call. I'll Rick first. Houston Rockets. Okay, Kendrew. Yeah, I think he did play for the Rockets. And then Raj. Orlando Magic. The answers are Orlando Magic. Oh hey. Yeah. I thought I saw him one time on there. I think because <laughs> he had a good game against us when we played over there. Oh, that was all Aaron Gordon. He played. He played for Houston in 2018. Oh, okay. And then he That's got traded to or tra- either draw. I don't know if he got traded or what. But then he played for Orlando in 2018, also, and then he and then also Orlando last season. I feel like that's where you just go to rehab your career. Like, Wait. look at Markel Fultz kind of thing. You know what I mean? It used to be where highly drafted players uh, la- la- like waste a couple years and then and go find to like, their way elsewhere. Go, a lot. Yeah, go to the Lakers. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the more the Victor Ol- 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 Oladipo, Mo Harkless, JJ Redick types. <laughs> or Serge Ibaka, you know, he spent a lot, he spent some time in Orlando. For sure. Frank For sure. Frank Vogel. We played yeah. we, we played Houston in the playoffs and I don't remember him. I was like Michael Carter Williams did not play in that series. I don't remember him at all. Dude, those play that playoff series seems so long ago. You know, I can't believe that that 
the the preseason is like two weeks away, and then regular season is like four weeks away. How is it already back? Training camp is in five. Training five, five days, is in five. Right? Uh, training That's camp is five in five days. days. That's nuts. That's, <laughs> That's, That's ridiculous. He said five. I thought he was still talking about weeks. I was trying to do the math. I was like, that don't. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> they, they, they're doing training camp a week into the season. Dang, like, how, like that soft tissue injuries, dog. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine during training camp they're gonna have probably a picture of Dennis Schroeder, LeBron, like all these new players just next to each other. And you're gonna look at it and be like, "That's that's on our team now." Yeah, it, it like it's the inverse of the uh, what's it called the 2014-2015 media day where it was just like random bass <laughs> and Davis. <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I guess transitioning to our first topic, like, we, hey, we, we got a team. It's something to be pretty damn excited about. Like, as soon as they announced, uh, like, JaVale was going to be traded, it was like, oh, man, that was the, that was the last domino to fall right there. Yeah. The so, second, sorry, go ahead. The second, the second JaVale got traded, you knew, like, something was about to happen because they wouldn't trade JaVale. If they knew, if they didn't know someone was coming, like the second he got traded, you're like, all right, Marcus is coming. <laughs> you knew immediately who, who, yeah. and what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, maybe White's. It's like, no, nah, that's this is Marcus all. All right. Well, to zoom zoom out a little bit, just because you guys are right. Like we have a complete, not a completely different team because obviously AD LeBron Caruso THT Kuz KCP still there. Those are those are the mainstays. But other than that, we got a completely brand new team, um, which is interesting because the team, like roster construction-wise, is a lot different from the team we had last year that won the championship that they did not run it back with. So just looking at the the uh, new additions, and Raj, I'm going to let you bat it off or lead off, the, lead off the lineup for us here. Like from an outsider's perspective, like because the team looks so different, what do you think the approach was heading into this offseason? Like, what from from an outside perspective, what was Rob trying to do here? Yeah, it's kind of crazy because usually when you have two star players, right, you give up the depth for that. Like your team is usually top heavy and we're pretty much turned into like team heavy where it's just nice all throughout the roster. I think he was trying to get younger for sure. We sent out two dudes who were 34 and 35 years old, brought it got brought in guys in their prime. And usually like a team that's all capped out with um, no first round picks isn't able to add two six-man-of-the-year candidates um, who are 27 and 26 years old. So I think that was the main look here is trying to get younger. And then, like, he filled every single weakness. Like, our main weakness was scoring off the bench, and he filled that, like, even extra. He got a a point guard that can score out of pick and rolls. Actually, I think that was, like, the biggest issue last year. And then he got a backup big man um, to play off Anthony Davis. Um, I think that was his main main goal here, just to get younger dudes to – have in this like really quick turnaround, have guys that can play and maybe LeBron can average maybe even less than 30 minutes this year. Like that's, that's how good, that's how good this roster seems. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Lakers answered a lot of questions that need to be answered because for example, the Lakers without LeBron last season, it was a big struggle. I think there's games now that LeBron's not even going to play and they'll be fine. Like they, like they have such a deep team where, you can allow LeBron to rest with the shortened season from or shortened off season. You can allow him to rest at least a few games to start. And there's just, they've gotten younger. There's, they're going to just, there's not going to be guys who are going to be tired game in and game out. Like it's just, 
it's a whole new team. And I think it's what they needed. They needed to get better. It's just, they, they could have run it back and they could have possibly won it. But I think these, these moves are going to help them so much in the long haul. Yeah. The, uh, the, the way that I uh, thought that they were going to approach this um, was more of a, what are they going to do in the regular season and what can they do uh, in the postseason? Cause I mean, we kind of saw like how like in tune they were with each other um, during the postseason, you know, defensively, um, offensively, like they were kind of just clicking on all cylinders. Like Vogel threw in THT in a playoff game and it was just like, ah, just yeah, get minutes. It's all good. Yeah, you're a rookie. All right, whatever. Um, but in terms of like the regular season, I think the new guys are going to uh, – get a lot more playing time. They need more of that uh, experience together to kind of just gel because team chemistry was such a huge thing for the Lakers last year. Um, But like, like you guys have spoken about, it was just like about having uh, a younger team that helps with LeBron during the regular season. They're not going to have to depend on him so much. Like he's going to probably be getting a lot more DNPs against teams that aren't just the golden state warriors like they did last year. Um, but yeah, and then during the postseason, if you think about it, like they're going to be able to play so fast, like with like Dennis, AC, uh, Braun, Harrell, and AD, like that's going to be awesome. Um, and I can't wait to see that. Uh, but uh, what else was I going to say? The, uh, the fact that they were able to like replace uh, the players that they lost with like quality players is pretty phenomenal too. And it also got me thinking like how it, when has a team like won and then immediately just re up and got better? Just because, like, say people can say what they want about Gasol being washed, but like he had really good defensive stats. I don't have them in front of me. I should have probably prepared myself. I'm sorry about that. Um, and Wesley Matthews, too. Like, he people are acting like he's washed as well, but they're not going to be asking him to like be playing all the huge minutes, you know? It's exactly like, for example, with Avery Bradley last season, people were calling Bradley washed and all that. But then you come to the Lakers and you're put in the right environment in the right position where you don't have to do all the things that were asked for you in prior teams. You just kind of have to focus on your role and that's it. And I think that's going to benefit people's games like Wesley Matthews. And not just that, like, for example, Montrez Harrell. I think, I think you know, obviously a lot of people were worrying about his defense and it, that really shined uh, in the playoffs where he had his defensive issues. But I think you bring him to a team where – the people playing next to him are going to be Marcus Saul or Anthony Davis. A lot of that's going to, you know, get hidden. And I think he's just going to feast on pick and rolls with LeBron, Dennis Schroeder, and just stuff like that. Like, it's just every player that joined. And it's, of course, you can say this about anyone that joins the Lakers because of like, you know, playing next to LeBron. They're just going to get better. Kendra, you kind of alluded to it. We talked about it on this on our show before, and I've like I've mentioned stealing it from I think Darius Orianos. Like there are 16 game players and there are 82 game players, and we kind of just show that like when it comes to 16 game players, like the Lakers have maybe the two best ones in the league, right? This guy mm-hmm. who can get anyone open, and this guy who can shoot even when he's not because he's seven feet tall uh, and has <laughs> ball handling skills like a guard. So it was interesting to see the Lakers essentially get focused mainly on acquiring. Two, and when I say focus mainly on acquiring, I mean trade for, giving up assets for, one, Dennis Schroeder, and then give our uh, the Lakers' biggest free agent signing tool 
in the the mid-level exception to Montrez and Dennis Schroeder, who are both 82-game players, and that they're guys that are going to go hard and have they're they're going to play their game throughout the course of the regular season. Like people were people say, you know, on the internet or whatever, Schroeder might get played off the court in the playoffs because he's small, whatever, what have you. Okay, that's all well and good, but as long as they can get their buckets and bench units for the rest of the season and get us there, that's fine. The addition of someone like Marc Gasol um, and Wes Matthews, who are, are more on the on the 16 game range, but in, in a role player sense rather than like a lean on them sense. And I don't have like the exact uh, stats either, Kendrew, but like Marc Gasol was like third in some of 538's uh, defensive metrics that are the very explanations of which will confuse my brain. Um, and then Wes Matthews, in terms of guarding wing scores in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure he held uh, Jimmy Butler to some crazy stat line. I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn because I don't know the exact numbers, but it was a very, very solid defensive performance against Jimmy Butler. Um, which brings me to my question. The Lakers had a very purposeful defensive identity last year and that was no more clear than in the Lakers centers by having Dwight and JaVale sort of play a similar role uh and then when the when it push came to shove because they kind of played the same role switching AD to the five there was these sort of these very specific identities the Lakers lineups had now with Mark Gasol and Trez and now Schroeder, West kind of plays the same role as DG. The the team looks like it won't have the same type of defensive identity. Am I speaking out of turn on that? Mm. Well, uh, not, not not at all. Well, I just want to say, Kendrick or, and Rick, the numbers was Gasol was 98.9 defensive rating, which ranked third in the whole league. Like that was just third in the NBA. And then Matthews was 98.3, which is the yeah. second second in the whole league. Well, I think that's right. I think that's what Trudeau yeah. was saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, with his and Caruso's team. fourth, I assume. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Tenth, actually. He he was yeah. He was say he was top ten. Um, yeah, he was ten. I, I think too that like one of the big things. I, I, like there are so many quotes about like after you win, like you don't really like care as much. Like for a lot of players, like I know like Kobe, MJ, Braun, they've all talked about like the most dangerous things like complacency, or maybe that's a quote that I saw in my high school like football locker room. Um, but like having like players that are like hungry, like listening, like seeing all the quotes and like listening to what Trez was saying during his introductory press conference, it was like, this dude like sounded like he has like unfinished business with the Clippers kind of thing. You know what I mean? And if, if you want, like, by all means, like we have a coach that is pretty well equipped to, uh, kind of put him in those situations where he's not going to be asked to like guard Nikola Jokic you know what I mean because at that point because people can keep bringing up like okay Serge or Trez right Serge fits with both teams Trez fits pretty good with the Lakers especially if you like if you have him with AD it's like you don't really have to worry about that too much and I feel like he's got the tools uh all there to make a competent defensive player Right, and uh, Rick, you said that we have a different identity, right, this year because we swapped out the centers. Um, when I, when we signed Marcus Hall, my mentions were like, oh, we have to still replace JaVale's <laughs> rim protection. But, like, Marcus Hall is a really good rim protector. He just doesn't do it the same way. He's not, like, shot blocking. Yeah. He's not he's not trying to go after every block. He's more of, like, a verticality, verticality and then trying to, like, stay in front, learning, like, where guys are shooting from, 
who's going under the rim, under the basket, those kind of things, other than just being like a vertical, you know, vertical spacer right. on defense. JaVale would always get those highlight blocks where he'd like go like he'd get he'd be late, but he'd still get it. And like he'd have all right. those highlight plays, whereas Marcus Gasol will always be in front and like he right, he doesn't jump nearly as high as JaVale or anything like that. But all he needs to do is like get body contact and put his hands up and like he's he's draw charges yeah exactly exactly you, i think those types of fans will notice within the first probably five games like oh i see it's just a different type of defense and, and i think one of the really uh it, it's wild to me how people are like oh like we should have gotten boogie it's like we haven't seen what boogie can do in two years now almost um and the fact that the matter is like another dimension that we people fail to bring up with marcus Saul is like his passing like the high low game with him, AD, like Braun, and like the possibilities are essentially endless at that point. Like, I don't think Braun has had uh, like a big that can pass the way that Gasol can, you know? Yeah. In a way, yeah. it feels like getting Gasol this offseason is kind of like what they were trying to do with Boogie last year. Yeah. It's to yeah. like get this playmaking big who can stretch the floor, who's like multi talented, but who can also raise the level of play of your role players, your Kuzes, your Carusos, they can cut off this guy, and he's also smart enough to know exactly what needs to be done on any given offensive possession. Yeah, and, and something that I forgot to bring up too is uh, I think the addition of Schroeder as well will help Kuzma just because like we saw like during the regular season especially, uh, having Rondo out there with Kuzma didn't do anything much yeah. for Kuzma. Uh, it, but especially like if he's able to like make those meaningful cuts the way that he did, like, especially like during the playoffs, like, uh, shooter is going to be able to find him. Um, like during that, uh, OKC Houston series, like Schroeder was doing a really good job of finding cutters, especially like when, uh, he was able to like draw the defense, mm-hmm. uh, draw the defensive, uh, attention to him. Like, cause shooter, like, of course, like he's insanely fast, but if his shooting numbers can kind of like stay at the same level that they were, like I, I'm like excited thinking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he's my favorite addition of the summer. Like to me, he helps Anthony Davis out as well. Last year, those bench lineups where it would be like Rondo and AD, and they'd run, they'd run like screen action, and the team would just switch, and you just watch Rondo do a step back forty footer or something like that. Now you have Schroeder who shot forty eight percent on mid range pull ups last year. Uh, he took almost four a game. Like that's higher than it. the only other Laker close to that was Avery Bradley, who shot like forty four percent. And but that was not none of that was like off the dribble, right? He was like off handoffs and things of like like that. Schroeder can come off screens. He can find AD on lobs. Like I can't wait to see him play with that bench and with Kuzma. I don't know. Like I think he helps Kuzma as well. Um, I would like to see Kuzma play with Marcus All. Um, I think Kuzma's a really good cutter, Caruso as well. And we have two guys in Marcus All and LeBron who just will never miss you off a back cut. They'll never miss you on a screen. They'll always get get to the open man. So I think that that'll be really fun to see those two play with them. Right. That first part that you're talking about, Schroeder, if you watch like with games last season, anytime a point guard would be in the game, <laughs> like Rondo or Caruso, their biggest both their biggest issues is off a of pick and roll. They'd either have to attack the basket for a layup or they'd have to just pass it out or shoot a three. Like that mid-range game wasn't there. It wasn't there. Like Crusoe would always hit back rim. Rondo most of the times wouldn't even attempt it. Like it just, that, that element is going to be so key for the Lakers because that not only opens up, you know, the pick and roll game with, with him and Montrez is going to be so nice off the bench, but like it, 
everything else can run smoothly with that when you have a point guard that can actually shoot it off the mid-range because if that happens, you know, maybe they'll double off Montrez or like a help defender will swoop in all that like that wasn't there last year. There's a lot of discussion about Schroeder and his scoring punch and what that does to the Lakers, especially since that's something that the Lakers were missing from that position last year. But like the dude is a point guard. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like the the Atlanta Hawks benched all-star Jeff Teague after like a 60-win season to promote Schroeder to their point guard. And I think because he's been playing with Russell Westbrook, it kind of gets lost that he's also a a passer in addition to being a scorer. Um, now, we can debate all day whether or not Jeff Teague deserved that all-star selection, but that's another conversation for another time. I don't know. I don't know if I'm wrong or not, so someone correct me if I am. Was it Schroeder that when Teague got traded in the offseason, Schroeder tweeted out, thank you for believing in me? I don't remember that, but that sounds like something he would do. Like, he just seems like the type. Hold on. So I'm, I'm not sure if he did that. I gotta. I, That's amazing. I got to make sure to thank you. Uh, I know he said while he was still a Hawk that if he didn't become a starter, he was going to start asking for a trade. I know he said that. I forgot what it was, but I think it was I, – I, uh, I can't find it right now, but I know there was something similar to that. But don't quote me on it. I mean, I have no choice but to quote you on it. You yeah. said it. <laughs> <laughs> fair. Um, Very fair. Real quick, one thing I do want to go back to before we move on is the is the bigs. And just because when, when I brought up the topic, I made it about – like the effect on of the defense, right? Of, of the new personnel on the defense. But there's something I wanted to talk about with regards to the offense, uh, because there was like a stagnancy by having a center in with AD, which is of course the way the Lakers and Anthony Davis and Frank Vogel chose to play, right? Where Dwight or JaVale just had, they had to be set in the pick and roll and they had to be in the dunker spot, right? Or like one of those two, you know what I mean? Versus now, there's like a, like I can see AD sort of spacing out the floor a little bit while Montrez does his little face up. I'm taking this big guy off the dribble, or I can see Mark Gasol spacing the floor in the corner while AD does his little mid post. And there's just like a little bit more versatility offensively. Like now with Mark Gasol in, we might see a little bit more regular AD Braun pick and roll because there's a seven footer in the corner who can hit a shot over a, a slow footed big man closing out. And just to touch on that, like Marcus all, I think shot 38% from beyond the arc last season. Yeah. Uh, what percentage? Uh, 38%. Right, right, right. Like that's like having that, um, <laughs> just thinking about how, like, like it was cool to have like Dwight just to be there to like draw fouls. Cause like really, he's not really uh, doing much outside of just trying to dunk. Of course, like he's going to draw a ton of fouls there. Um, but Schroeder also like drew, I think like almost like three fouls a game or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's like, this is a whole different team. Like I, I had this thing when I was playing 2k religiously where I wouldn't buy the latest version unless there's like a lot of roster turnover and like if I still was, I'd be like, you know, maybe I'll pick up the new 2K just because like, I really <laughs> want to play with this team. But I also don't want to give 2K money unless you guys want to sponsor us. Um, but yeah, Ronnie 2K at Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, I know that you're not really fixing the game, so uh, 
Well, that's not a great pitch for a sponsorship. <laughs> I know. I, I will stop talking shit if you give us money. <laughs> no free promo. Leave that out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't. He don't. He don't get his name said on the pod. <laughs> who, who is that guy? <laughs> that dude's just waiting for a coup shout out on Instagram. Lord. <laughs> Uh, really really quickly on the bigger point um the bigger picture i was kind of thinking of something we all believe that lebron was the best player in the league last year right like we all agree with that he was number one yeah like i feel like this roster overall yeah overall regular season yeah regular season i mean regular season yeah but he still averaged like double digit assist and like 27 a game but like my my thing i guess is that not that he's like shown that he's gonna do this but even if he drops to like top three instead of like the best player in the world he drops like the third or fourth the talent gap of this team to others i feel like allows him to do that you know what i mean like that's what rob has pretty much done here he's pretty much made it so he doesn't have to be the third the best player in the world for the lakers to be dominant or to win which it felt like he had to be last year because if he wasn't you know orchestrating the offense on every single play that mattered and we'd probably, you know, we would just bleed points out. Like we saw that we would lose leads like crazy when that would happen. And now I feel like this roster has kind of given him the chance to uh, to kind of drop, even it, even though he hasn't shown that he will. Uh, just yes or no on this. Is this the most talented roster that Braun has ever played with? Depends how good you think Chris Bosh is, I guess. I'm very high on Chris Bosh. I'm also very high on Shane Battier. <laughs> Did he go to so, West Virginia or no? No, no, no. He went to Duke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just like that guy. He's a, he's uh, a no yeah. stats all star. You know? Yeah, he's good. Um, maybe. Well, to to answer your question and also to connect it to Raj's point, like people talk sometimes about like some players are ceiling raisers and some players are floor raisers, right? So it's interesting that the defending NBA champions just got like three floor raisers That's and you're like why true. would why do they need floor raisers but i think it's like raj said to mitigate against the idea that like yo this is braun coming off a short season you know going back to his back to back to back months of playing basketball after the initial break this is anthony davis's first time turning around after a finals run like these guys might need time to rest especially in this truncated season so Rob went out and got some guys who can like keep the games competitive. So all we need is that that quick, we've talked about it so many times, that quick four minute stretch where Braun just goes crazy. Well, he only has to do that once in the fourth quarter. Den- Dennis and Trez can keep him keep keep us afloat till then. I just keep thinking about that video of Jimmy like after uh game five, where he gets up off of his chair after the press conference. He was like uh, and he's just like struggling to walk. I'm like, that's just going to be Braun after the first day of training camp. I just want, I just want to say one more thing. Uh, you know how last season, I mean, like most of the games, I'd say a lot of it was LeBron and AD with most of the scoring. And then like, you'd see Avery Bradley, a who's six, like, like just like <laughs> just Crusoe six. Like it would just be like that. They just added a bunch of guys who averaged like 15 plus and it was just like they got so much scoring uh, now. To quote, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say the player. I uh, don't want to throw shade his way because I'm actually a fan of his. Uh, when was the last time he had two all-stars and two guys off the bench averaging 18 points? That's funny. Uh, That's funny. 
I think he said two superstars, right? Was that the quote? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That yeah, applies to our team now. Superstars are doing a lot of work on that. Quote. <laughs> <laughs> Very, the super's got a wide range yeah, of meaning. Yeah. In that phrase. <laughs> um, yeah, we got we got some bench players talking like starters over here. I hate it. I do. Quinn Drake, I see you. Look at Ali, the Quinn and Drake. I know. I respect that. Hey, Kenny. Moving on. Drake Island. Uh, I don't know how y'all are feeling, but before we talk about the rest of the league at large, I'm going to just put it down right now. I'm feeling real good about this roster. I'm feeling like they can get through a 72-game season with a with a favorable seating. And uh, you, you already know how AD do. He, he, he liked that, as he likes to say. So I'm not going to say the word. I'm not going to say the R word, but it's feeling like something's being re-somethinged. <laughs> no. Resigned? Oh, is AD not signed yet? This doesn't really that's the weird part. We got this whole roster set up and AD is like Did you did you see that report about Giannis? I don't know if it's true or not. I I mean I have no idea, but they're saying that they're trying to see if AD's waiting to see if Giannis uh, extends his contract. So if he doesn't, you know, like they, he can do a one year and then like maybe opt out with Braun and then try to recruit Giannis. That's just what that report said. I don't. I don't remember where the report was from. If any of you guys know, yeah, I think it was from Windhorse who said that. Who said and I don't that. think it was a. I don't think it was a Windhorse report. No, yeah. I think it was one of those things where Windhorse says something, and then he's like, "I don't want the aggregators." Anyway, the league at large, uh, go on. Go on. <laughs> no, since you brought it up, now we're going to discuss the Western Conference contenders. Since you alluded to some other basketball team that we don't care about, um, going specifically, was anybody upset? that Serge Ibaka signed with the Clippers for the same amount that Montrezl Harrell signed with the Lakers for, because now I'm very comfortable with it. But there was a point in time where if you'd ask me, I say, man, the Lakers really need a stretch five to be on the floor with AD and one just signed with the crosstown rival. Uh, so with uh, Vogel and him playing uh, or like having time together in Orlando, I was just like, well, either that went really well or it didn't go well at all. So I was thinking if, if it didn't go well, then I could see why he chose not to. Um, and obviously that just seems like to be the case. But um, there were a lot of people who were just like, oh, man, this was the clutch tax. Like, you know, yeah. getting uh, Trez instead of Serge. And it was just like, well, I mean, it's just like it's day one. You know what I mean? Like, let's figure out the rest of the moves before we start criticizing the guy. Cause like, I mean, I was one of the biggest doubters of Polinka, like straight up and like, I, I proved me wrong. So, I mean, did the Clippers get better? They could probably still use a guard or two, but like surge is a great pickup for them. Like zoo and surge, like inside is it, that's gonna be like a huge pain in the ass for everybody. Like that, that includes the Lakers, but I mean, of course I already, you already know where I stand on that battle i i was definitely upset that he signed there but uh, just because of like the fandom in me but uh i don't know i don't know if lakers like were they going over going after surge instead of montrez i feel like i feel like they were going after montrez more than surge but we of course don't know that um but it from from his press press conference and all that it seemed like they like went after him and like like even when surge hadn't made up his mind possibly so honestly, over the no course of there. this front office tenure, 
their decisions have been nothing if not intentional, right? There hasn't been a lot of the Lakers were going after these eight people and it didn't work out. Like it feels like, Hey, the Lakers are in talks to sign blank. They have signed blank every single time, you know? Yeah. I I was upset until we got Marcus Saul, I guess like in, I don't know. I feel like Ibaka is a bigger name than he is like production anymore, right? Like his name holds more weight than what he actually is now. Um, He's still a good three point shooter and all that, but I don't think like people went crazy over that signing. I don't think that signing closes the gap between the Lakers and the Clippers. And really, really quickly, Kendra, you said the clutch tax, right? That kind of annoys me. Well, like, first, I, well, like first of all, the clutch tax has a ring like, on. Yeah, the clutch tax has a ring on it. Like it has a, yeah. it has a championship ring on it. And then. And then yeah. Rob always talks yeah. about like a collaborative effort, right? Why can't him and mm-hmm. Rich like work together? Why does it have to be like Rich Paul is like controlling the, yeah. is yeah, it's like a puppet string controlling Rob Palinka. Like why can't they both be working together? I don't get like every single report that comes out comes out with like a clutch, uh, clutch controlling the Lakers and things like that. Like they can yeah. be just working together. Yeah, I mean, I, like I, I wasn't uh, personally right. saying it, uh, but no, I've seen it one too, of the yeah. things. Yeah, like one of the things too is in terms of like what Trez is going to be asked to do, like like uh, Rick was alluding to before, like there are those people players that we need during the regular season. Like Ibaka's, I think thirty one or thirty two, like within that range. Like Trez is like twenty six. Like he's going to be the one who's going to help us out a ton during the uh, regular season. Like his role is going to be completely different. And like you know, having Gasol there, absolutely, that just completely mitigates a lot of things. Um, so, uh, not really too worried about it. So we'll see what happens whenever they play. Last point. There's also something to be said for adding another player of championship pedigree, especially when you lose so much of your championship roster. So adding Mark in an off season where you already added Schroeder, where you already added Trez and even right. West to a certain extent, although West probably has a, a bit different of a hunger from those two guys, since he's quote unquote, been close or at least he's felt the pressure of being supposed to get close, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. No no buck slander on this pod right now. Uh, but, yeah, so adding a guy who actually saw what it takes, what it took to get there, um, who's tasted it before, who can so- kind of help AD, Braun, and, and the rest of the Lakers, right? Like, Kuz is a champion. AC is a champion. Like, they played in the finals. You know what I'm saying? There might be yeah. some – some yeah. uh, what, what corrective positioning along the lane. They might hit the bumpers a couple times because they're they're young, but that's what Mark is there for. I like adding another championship, a, a player of championship pedigree uh, to the roster. Other West Coast contenders, or should I say Western Conference contenders, the Denver Nuggets, did they do anything that would suggest to you that the Lakers should be worried? What? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> was that was that the Russell Westbrook? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> just do the James Harden like. I think the only, I think the best thing Denver maybe did this off season wasn't even something that Denver did. It was something that Lakers did. Was that by not getting Dwight back, the Jokic stopper? But obviously, Mark Saul can do his thing against Jokic. Have, have we ever seen a player like walk away from a good team like that for the same money? Like of Jeremy Grant's stature, like I've I don't think I've ever seen that. Like a guy just say, "No, nah, I'm good. I'm not trying to win. I just want to get buckets now. Like I just want to put up points in Detroit." Yeah, that hurt, that's that that hurt them a ton. Oh, I, sure. I really think that like that was the, their one dude who was like, "Hey, we can put him on LeBron." Awesome, He's the kind third of best thing. player in the series. Yeah, yeah. If the Lakers and Nuggets meet next, whenever 
the playoffs are because I don't feel like doing the math in my head right now. They could meet next month. <laughs> but it, when it matters, there's going to be an awful lot of yeah. Michael Porter Jr. on LeBron by necessity. And that just yeah. doesn't bode well for the Denver yeah. Nuggets. Like, And they're at the level where they need to be thinking about their personnel decisions in that framework. Yeah. It doesn't appear like they were doing that. Enough of the Nuggets. One last Western Conference contender, or well, last year's contender at least, the Houston Rockets. Another team we don't have to worry about. <laughs> I will say this though, like I, I like Christian Woods a ton. I really like yeah. him. Yeah. I don't like Houston is such a mess right now, and I'm kind of reveling in it because like uh just I I'm a Dodgers fan, so like the Astros annoy me, the Rockets annoy me. Um it would be yeah. Like <laughs> I, like do you guys think Westbrook and Harden are gonna be there like when the when the season starts? No. Yes, I think I think when the season starts, yes. By trade deadline, no. Was I the only one who was like, who is Christian Wood? Like, I must have not watched any Detroit Pistons. Come on, games. bro. Where's your NBA Twitter uh, hipster? Man, I, hipster. Uh... I just didn't catch enough <laughs> Pistons, guy. Pistons games. I guess like I just did not. I, That's three years. He got three year forty million. I think or some. Forty one. Yeah. Do you know who Blake Griffin million? is? No. Yeah, I know who Blake Griffin is, but yeah, that's uh, their point guard right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's a good, but like when they gave up Robert Covington for two first round picks, I thought yeah. that was kind of the, like, okay, we're done trying to really do win now moves and yeah, stuff like that. So I thought they were, I thought the Brooklyn Harden thing was going to go through. Like I honestly did. It looks like that's dead now since they paid Joe Harris and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't know how you bring those two back after that. Like Westbrook obviously demanded a, a trade. Harden did the most passive aggressive trade request I think I've ever seen. So I'm, I'm not really sure what happens. My, does Harden have a no trade clause? I don't believe so. No, I don't think so. Why? If if you're if you're, I mean, this probably doesn't go well. I was gonna say, if you're the Rockets, why wouldn't you do like Harden for Beal and a first why round did, pick? But like, also, I feel like Beal would come to Houston. And be Blizzards like, would never do that. Yeah, why would no, There's no that. way they would do that. Yeah. Uh, real quick yeah, before we get true. too far down this rabbit hole, just because we we're talking about Detroit, shout out Lewis King. Lou King, Detroit Wing, three, three, four. I worked with his little sister at the NBA. That's why I had to give that shout out. Shout out to Nation if you hear this. Anywho, (laughs) yeah, I mean, look, I thought, Ali, I thought where you were going is why don't they just trade him elsewhere? It's, it's, you can't rush trading your superstars. You can't do that. I'm not that convinced. Like, what is a situation for him? It's hard to watch that dude play that way for the last half decade and then be like, yeah, what we're building over here, I'm trying to institute that. I'm trying to establish that. That's why I'm really happy Boogie got signed by a team. And, like, I'm excited to see him play. But I'm not, the reason why I don't think that signing is going to work there is just because Boogie's just going to stare at him, dribble the ball, and Boogie's going to lose his mind. I also like, feel like no, Steven Silas okay. doesn't play that. Like, I feel like, yeah, like Mike true. D'Antoni is a, a, a laissez-faire type of, he's the Adam Smith of NBA coaches. That was a really nerdy econ joke. Anyway, <laughs> I feel like Steven <laughs> Silas is just not going to watch James Harden dribble for 20 seconds. Like, he's not that kind of guy. So, anyway, yeah. that's that's way that's way too much Houston talk. I, I'm, I'm executive decision. We're moving forward. We're switching conferences over to the Eastern Conference because I want to talk about some of these Eastern Conference contenders 
and what the Lakers may have to look forward to in the finals. And I'm saying it right here, right now, once again, for oh, the man. second year in a row. Don't do this. For the second <laughs> year in a row, my finals prediction, Lakers Philly, baby. We back. We back. And they get out of the oh, first God. round first, man. Come on. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. To be fair, it doesn't look like a terrible prediction. And they they got it. They're better than last season. They actually surrounded Embiid and Simmons with shooters. And I know, I know, there's gonna be Danny Green jokes in there. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take them. But to put Curry and Danny Green next to each other with surrounding those two, like I think that that was a great move by him. You got a great backup big in Dwight. I think you just got you got you got you got two championship for uh, last year championship players back together in Philly. You know, so that can't go wrong. You know, the chemistry between those two is great. So I'm, I'm on board. I, I, I do find it funny that uh, on, I think, the jump, like their projected starters had uh, Dwight Howard at the four with Embiid at the five. And I just started what? laughing at that because. Yo, can you imagine Dwight and Embiid on the floor together at the same time? First off, no one's scoring the paint. Second off, everyone's going to just outrun the crap yeah. out of them. And like, it, it is, I am really sad that Dwight, uh, like left, but I mean, good for him. Right. Like he had his redemption art. Uh, it's really weird how it's just like he, like the report of him, uh, like oh the deal's not really done yet, and him just being like L.A. Or it's never too old to stay in the purple and gold or whatever the hell, and then just jump ship for Philly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, that's not that's not a bad idea. Like I really like what um, what Morty did over there. I don't. Trust Doc Rivers. So take that as you will. Yeah, that, that's a really weird combination there. Doc Rivers with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I, I feel like if Joel Embiid's like in shape and he's in like his his focus mode, then he's one of the best bigs in the NBA. I don't know why he they couldn't win um, against any of these teams. They're probably better than Miami, like on paper, right? Philly is. Uh, I would still have Milwaukee, I think, coming out of the East. I, I, I feel like they're better than everyone. And Boston lost Gordon Hayward for nothing. So I'd. I think they got worse. Uh, yeah, Philly and Milwaukee are probably my two best best teams over there. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Milwaukee a little bit earlier, did we? Or was that before the pod? I'm messed up right now. That was before. Well, you just you just mentioned them, Raj. We don't have to keep yes. going. Uh, Boston. We you mentioned Miami. There's not a lot to talk about about Miami. They locked up Bam, kind of like ixing their plans to keep their their salary cap flexibility. Like it's Miami. They're going to be fine. Boston lost Gordon Hayward for nothing, right? Yeah. I think that's interesting. And you know what? I'm going to save it because we're going to talk about OKC later in the pod. And I think there are some parallels to Boston or potential parallels to Boston that I think are going to come up. So before we go to OKC, there's two more teams I want to talk about. They are not contenders, but uh, they are up-and-coming teams. And that's Phoenix and Atlanta. Phoenix intrigues me. The Chris Paul effect is very obviously real, as we saw last year. And I don't know, man. Like, Booker seems to add new stuff to his game every year. DeAndre Aiden got better between the regular season and the bubble. You know what I mean? Uh, they they don't scare me as a Laker fan, but they're like, hey, man, like, this team looks like they might, like, they might make the playoffs. They, I, I think, eight, like, people are forgetting that, like, Aiden is going to benefit the most out of the Chris Paul deal. Like you're going to finally have somebody to help set you up like better. 
like n- no shade on Rubio. I love Rubio, but uh, oh, and them keeping Sarch as well. Huge. Sarch is so versatile, and like, <laughs> yeah, that that team is I think gonna be like a, like I I think highest maybe six seed, but for sure eight at the lowest. Like that's their floor to me. So I see people have them like as a four seed, uh, but. Wow. I mean, that's that yeah that seems like really high um i think the chris paul deal is huge what um, him, him and him and devin booker will be good i just i don't know if they'll defend enough like i think aiden's really good i don't think he's ready um ready for that yet but i like what they're building um like i, I love that they went for it like they went and got chris paul like they didn't just be like okay we need more picks we need another first round we need another tie draft pick like i love that they went for it i have them like at seven or eight in like the Below Portland, I guess, the below Portland tier. And second to last, Atlanta. Look, I don't know what to expect at Atlanta, but damn, they just spent a lot of money. Like, that's they spent like they're about to make the playoffs. And I know we talk about how like the East is weak, but like in reality, like it's just the last couple seeds that are like up for grabs. Mm -hmm. The Hawks have to get a lot better to make that leap into that eighth seed. And this has no effect on us because they're not in the Western Conference and they're not going to make the finals. So there's no chance. But it's just interesting seeing a team with one young potential superstar spend their money surrounding them with veteran talent, but not in like a we need to make the playoffs kind of way, not in like the Washington Wizards trading first-round picks for Markeith Morris, Andrew Nicholson kind of way. And like, a, yeah, we're going to sign these guys to long-term contracts and we're going to make sure that Trey has shooters around him. You know what I mean? I, I think something that I, I really can't wait to see is Chris Dunn and Trey play together. Just because Chris Dunn, like as we know, awesome defender. Trey, complete opposite. Um, and the fact that like Dunn was shooting like 60-something percent at the rim like last season, if I remember correctly. Like... I think they're going to be a fun team. Like, I think they could be like what the Lakers were like before Braun came. Like, they were a lot of fun, but like, you don't really know what they're going to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, that's for sure like a team that I'm going to be watching pretty closely. Yeah, people have them penciled in for the playoffs, like pretty, pretty astoundingly. And I'm looking at the teams like, okay, you have Milwaukee, Boston, uh, Philly, Brooklyn, uh, I miss Indiana. I mean, are they better than any of those teams yet? And that's already like five, I think. I think I'm missing one. Toronto, right, is another one that already puts that already puts like seven teams, and then you have basically all the rest of the East fighting for that final eight. So I don't think it's a lock at all. I think it's good that they, I mean, they said that Trey Young is already starting to like demand, um, you know, demand like roster moves, and he's like in year three, which is just pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, I think they'll be good. I can't stop laughing because Ali just goes like in and out, like, like, like he comes in for like two seconds and he, he like sips right, right out. He's calling me now. So I think I'm just going to say it on the pod so that the listeners know you've heard it very little Ali during this podcast. And that's because my man's Wi-Fi is not operating well right now. So he's hopping in and out. I've probably edited out like a solid four to five minutes <laughs> of non Ali conversation. So we're just going to assume it's just Ken through Rick and Raj for the next 10, 15 minutes, which is a shame because I wanted his opinion on this OKC discussion. But hopefully he'll hop back in. But in the meantime, I'd like to discuss the Oklahoma City Thunder. It was really Raj who yes. wanted to discuss the Oklahoma City Thunder. So I'll let you start off the conversation. Okay, this all started because the Thunder basically gave Kelly Oubre to the Warriors. And I was like, 
this is a good young player. Why are they giving to them? And Rick's like, he's not matching their timeline. They're not going to be good for like six years. And I had a lot longer response than, than a Twitter would let me. So I just want to say here, isn't the whole point of having a bunch of picks so you don't have to be terrible while you're rebuilding? Like they have a million picks. So then they can tell their fans like, hey, we can put a competitive roster here. And we have all these picks from the Clippers, from the Rockets, from other places. Why do they have to still also be terrible while also having this boatload of picks? What's the point? Like we glorify this asset community. Uh, accumulation that Boston does, you know, and we're doing it again with Oklahoma City Thunder. We're like, oh, what a genius Sam Presti is. And he's made, you know, really smart moves. I just don't understand the point of like going to your fans and be like, yeah, we have all these picks and we still need to be the third worst team in the West. Like, why not just keep Chris Paul? Like, keep that young group that was winning, that was the fifth seed. Like, keep them there. Who cares what pick they got? You have all these future picks that are coming anyway. Um, that you get the chance to draft. I don't understand why you also have to be terrible now, even while having all these picks owned by other teams. I guess that's my point of there. Like, I don't understand that construction of it just to be good in six, like you said, six years or six or five years for the chance at a title. You know what I mean? Like, why do your fans have to sit through this terrible, uh, this terrible season after season, even though you have the picks already that these things will get you? For our listeners, Raj got really, really mad and just ripped off his shirt, like straight down the middle, like the whole, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird because like, they have like what, 20, they have like 20 picks or something like 26, that. 26, like first round picks, like, or some yeah. crazy number like that in the next six years or some. Before we hop into the analysis of OKC specifically, can I just say to, to your point, since you were in fact Responding oh, to yes, my response yes. to you. Yes. The difference between what Boston did and what OKC is doing now to me is that OKC is kind of making lemons, uh, lemonade out of lemons. Mm-hmm. Like they had Paul George. They had Russell Westbrook. They drafted Russell Westbrook. They traded for Paul George. They put together the team with two right. stars that was supposed to get them to be good. And then what happened? Paul George is a herb. So he wanted to get traded. And then they took advantage of that situation. They they sure. maxed out the leverage. Russell Westbrook didn't want to be on a bad team. So they took advantage of that situation. They maxed out the leverage. Then they get right. traded Chris Paul as opposed as part of getting rid of Russell Westbrook. And Chris Paul didn't want to be there. There was no future for Chris Paul to right. retire with this rebuilding team. Now, granted, they were much better than everyone expected them to. But there was no way that team was going to beat the contenders. So they right. did Chris Paul a solid and traded him. All of those situations were brought out of necessity versus the Boston approach is more about and even the even the the the, the process Sixers approach and the Mori approach is more about extracting the most value out of every single thing, including every single person, rather than the Sam Presti approach is this is the hand that I was dealt. What am I supposed to do with it? All right. All right. Really quickly, though, then why move like a 27 year old Schroeder? for just one more first round pick why move uh Oubre for just one more first round pick from you know a Warriors team that obviously isn't going to be drafting like you know super low in the draft like that's I guess that's my, I'm not mad at the Paul George trade that's an amazing thing the Chris Paul deal makes sense right he doesn't want to be there that one makes sense I'm talking about the like trading young guys who are good they're not great but they're good young guys that you could build with um, I'm just wondering like why move those guys when right but Kelly Oubre, like I know this sounds weird, but Kelly Oubre might win you 
game, two games or three games in the season, right? Like he'll, he'll have some games where he gets really hot and he'll win the team a ball game. And like, I feel like you want to be a bottom three team for sure. Like without a doubt right now, OKC wants to be a bottom three team in the league and you don't want anything to mess that up. Before we even, I don't disagree with you. Before you even get to the idea of them losing on purpose, like, okay, they traded Dennis Schroeder for Danny Green and a first round pick. And you're like, what's the point of trading this good young player for a pick? Now, I still maintain that Schroeder is a good player. I don't know what being the 9-10 seed does for them without OKC, Shea, and Dennis. I don't know if that's a playoff team. If it is, right. then I agree with you. And if it's not, then I don't see what it does. But Danny Green, they got the, they got the Lakers' first-round pick for Schroeder in the Danny Green trade. And then they trade Danny Green to the Sixers, and they get another first-round pick and a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. And then they get Al Horford, who doesn't have value now, but might as a huge expiring that might end up getting them another first round pick. So it's it's three first round picks. Back to your question. What to quote the great Austin Powers? What does it all mean, Basil? Like why three first round picks for Dennis Schroeder? Why does that matter? Why it matters is because they're the Oklahoma City Thunder. We've established, right, that you either draft a superstar or trade or you trade for him. Mm-hmm, and right. Given what these superstars are going for, it's not the fact, like you could take the Philly Philly approach. We just want as many, or to be quite frank, the Travis Schlenk Atlanta Hawks approach. We want as many bites at the apple at as the possible. Apple. I don't, mm-hmm. maybe you do, maybe you get lucky, but yeah. I don't think that's the point. The point is when Bradley Beal is upset in three and a half years because y'all traded John Wall and you got me out here playing with Bertans and T Thomas Bryant and we're in the same position we were with the John Wall contract and he gets pissed off. Now the Thunder can say, hey, Tommy Shepard, here's five first round picks and they still got a, like a half dozen more to trade for another superstar to play with Shea. So I think right. the, di- the difference is like, and granted, they haven't proved it yet. They could still turn out to be the Danny Ainge, afraid to pull the trigger and end up with the very assets that you, <laughs> the very assets that are, now, that are now just, God forbid, just human beings, just players on the team that he has now. Right. And and he's, you know, wasted yeah. his treasure chest in air quotes. But for right now, I think they're set up to take advantage of the new way you get superstars. And that's why I'm okay with I the would like to. Picks. I would like to think Danny Ainge gave OKC the blueprint of what not to do. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Presti has like proven he would pull the trigger. Like he did the Paul George deal, right? Like I think he would do it. I'm just wondering like why they still also, I guess you still want the lottery picks as well, right? As being a bottom three pick. Right. You want your own yeah. picks too. Yeah, for sure. Because not just that, like he was talking about you, if you keep, if you like suck for three years, you get you not only get those other draft picks where they other teams can suck or whatever, but you, when you suck too, you're getting like the top three picks, and then you attach like two future firsts and your top pick for someone great when you get Beal with your other picks. Like that's how you match two superstars yeah. together. It, it's yeah. essentially just Raj's asset like, management. Nah, yeah. Raj's like, nah, fuck this <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'm just looking at it as like an OKC fan. Like if I'm rooting for the Thunder, I'm like I have 26 first round picks but we're still going to suck so I can get another first round pick. Like, I guess that's what I'm looking at. But Right. But they haven't, they haven't sucked in a while though. This is going to be their first yeah, year of sucking. That's, that's true. But I'm just saying like, the, I thought the whole point of having picks was like, so you can do both. Like that's what Boston did, right? Boston had all these picks from Brooklyn. So they didn't have to suck during that time. Like they actually went out and got like, they didn't like do the big moves, but they actually tried to win. Like they had uh, Brad Stevens was actually winning during that time. So they still got Tatum, even though, 
they were in the playoffs, right? You know what I mean? Like things like right. things like that is what I was thinking. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I mean, I, I guess I guess it depends on what Presti does with yeah. the picks. I think the one thing a, a Thunder fan would say is that he kind of earned the benefit of the doubt, right? You drafted well. You've drafted three MVPs uh, right. plus a collection of role players. Like you've shown your ability to build a team through the draft and also an ability to get superstars with picks. So if I were a Thunder fan, I would say, Presty, you get the benefit of the doubt right now. Like it's not like it's not like it's Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak over there at Chesapeake Energy Arena. Oh you know man. I mean? Um, I'm assuming that their corporate offices are in the same arena. That's probably I don't know how safe of an assumption that is. <laughs> well, good thing we're Laker fans. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. Oh my god. Really oh that over here <laughs> that 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 charlotte contract with hayward is so weird to me like i get it and i don't get it i get it in the fact that charlotte's not getting superstars to come over play over there so you got to get whoever you can even if you have to overpay but then i also don't get it because it's like you have lamella ball and you could just you should just continue the tank train and like get someone with lamella next season and like, you know what I mean? Like it's, I mean, they're still going to tank, obviously. They're not going to be a great team, but they're not, they could have, I don't know. I just would have tanked another season. Just let LaMelo be LaMelo and go play out there. I mean, LaMelo is still going to be LaMelo with Gordon Hayward though. Yeah, but I, I, true. But I think, I think you're going to see the ball more in Gordon Hayward's hand than LaMelo's. You think or no? Am I wrong? The only reason I disagree is because no disrespect. When has Gordon Hayward in recent memory shown his ability to be a mainly on-ball player? Oh, no. Agreed. No, no, no. I totally agree. But I don't think you give someone that kind of contract and they're like, all right, let LaMelo be the main the main player here. And, I mean, I think if I mean? you're the Charlotte Hornets and you have like the opportunity to sign someone when in a market where you don't get free agents, I think you just pay the dude and you right. hope they figure it out on the basketball court. Fair. Fair. I just still, I like, like, again, like I said, I get it, yet yeah. I don't get it. Kendrew, uh, unless anyone else has anything to say about uh, roster construction and team building, Kendrew had some potpourri to end the pod with, and we're uh, we're about an hour in. So I want to hand it off to you, sir. All right. Um, so what do you think the Lakers would have looked like 2018 to 2019 if it was just Palinka running the show? instead of magic is this post like like do they for sure sign they, LeBron? they got lebron you got to fill out the roster around okay. it um i i actually don't think it's that much different i think there would have been more shooters i think Polinka would have known to like get a little more shooter shootings involved but i don't think it would have been that different because i think all in all the target would have been ad but i do think that the rumor mill and like the leaking that the Lakers did of like all the news that were out, that wouldn't have been the same. That for sure would not have been the same. It would have been a lot tighter kept in with all the deals that were going on. Cause I remember, I feel like uh, didn't magic like release like all these different scenarios Jeez. that they offered and everything. Yeah. And so Polinka would have definitely done a better job with that. And it wouldn't have been such a show, but um, I think roster wise, it would have been a little bit more of the same. I don't think Zubak. I think Zubak would be have a chance to still be here. Um, I see all your faces right now, um, but uh, I think Zubak would have still been here because that move, that move was such a 
Everyone wants a shooter. All right, here's your shooter. Mascala. And then exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I so I, I, I think in it, roster wise, it would have been almost the same. Yeah, I don't think we win that many more games. Um, I think Brandon Ingram is still a Laker in some way, somehow. Like, I don't think they have the trade requests, as you said. Like, it doesn't get all leaked. I don't think D'Angelo Russell gets salary dumped for uh, Tim for Brooke Lopez. Um, maybe Brooke Lopez still Laker. I don't, I don't know. I think Magic's like what he did um, hurt the following year more. Like going into the season, like during the season. I don't think during the summer there was as much pain. He wasn't there. I guess that was a report. Like he wasn't even in the office. So yeah, the Zubac one. That one hurts though. That one's the that was the one that will bleed forever. But that's probably the biggest one that would that would have revert. I don't know if this was actually if this actually had an effect on the way that players viewed the Lakers, especially with regards to that that offseason. But I feel like there were just there was just a lot of noise coming from the media about Magic's incompetence, to be frank, or like Magic's work ethic or this lack of cohesion in the Lakers front office. And again, I don't talk to NBA players, but I would assume that if you're hearing that and you're hearing that from, God forbid, agents of players who are on the team, if players like Josh Hart are talking to other players who are dissatisfied with the way that things are run, I can imagine that that might have had an impact on the Lakers' ability to attract free agents. Um, Or at least, you know, sometimes it's not even attracting the free agents. Sometimes it's just having the conversations. Like, you don't want to have conversations with these guys because you know all your business is going to be out. Uh, on ESPN the next day. So I feel like from an, an outside perspective, maybe not, I don't know what would happen on the inside, but from an outside perspective, I feel like it just would have been a little bit, a little bit more cohesive. There would have been, you know, a better opinion of how the Lakers, not even better, a more complete and comprehensive picture of how the Lakers are, are running their, their basketball operations. I mean, like the, the, the cool thing is we don't really have to sweat that right now. Cause I mean, Last time I checked, the Lakers are still NBA champions. Sure. Uh, <laughs> another thing that I was thinking about, so all of the uh, players getting their extensions and stuff like that, I keep thinking, like, if Luke Walton wasn't the coach, let's say we had someone with a little bit more experience, do you think, uh, you know, Ingram, Ball, uh, Hart, Clarkson, D'Lo, like, Randall, are they better? Like, are they more developed? I think a lot of that answer has to do with how Rob Palenka would have viewed Luke Walton. I feel like Luke got a very long leash that I don't think Rob would have had. Yeah. I think there was a lot of Genie likes Luke and Magic likes Genie, so Magic is going to have this same long leash with Luke. With Rob, I get a lot more of a I don't suffer fools sense from Rob, and I feel like that would have impacted Luke Walton's coaching candidacy. And thus, the young guys' development. Hey man, I'm in the minority, but I thought like the uh, the Luke Walton, um, the, like he was he wasn't terrible at player development. Like that coaching staff, I I didn't think it was terrible. Like uh, Brandon, he put the ball in Brandon Ingram's hand. He kind of um, developed him as a ball handler. Um, I thought Russell, the following year after he was traded, became was it became an All Star that year? Or the following year, the year after the year after. But I mean, he um, he let, he was good on that Brooklyn team. Uh, Jordan Clarkson's he needs to get out of New York. Player, pretty much, he was the rookie year. Um, Julius Randle, I think he's still the, he's still kind of the same player that he was on the Lakers. So I'm not, 
I'm not sure uh, if he was if he hurt them at all. Julius, Julius Randall once quoted by Luke Walton as the best one-on-one defender in the league. I'll never forget that clip. Never forget that clip. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he did say that. <laughs> I, I will. I will never forget. And it's one of my favorite, like just uh, random moments, is the clip of him going like scoring on Draymond Green, turning around, going, "He can't guard me. He <laughs> yeah, can't guard that. me." I was just like. And then they ended up not fully playing the game because, like, there's something going on with the floor and people were slipping. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we'll always have that moment. <laughs> I think he can. I think he might be able to. <laughs> <laughs> I love Julius so much. I don't uh, – hands down my favorite baby Laker. And he's an OG baby. He's the OG baby Laker. He's the OG, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> or New York just needs a stretch five. It's funny because I always used to have these conversations with my girlfriend, Sam, to the listeners, not y'all, who is a Knicks fan. And this was back in the day. I always used to be like, yo, if we could get KP to the Lakers, KP and Julius is the perfect front court. And she was like, we just need Julius on the Knicks. KP doesn't need to go to the Lakers. Well, guess what? You got him a little late, though. Uh, yeah, you, you, you had him when you had uh, five other power forwards on your team. Like, enjoy. Bobby Porter's is a center. Taj Gibson's a center. I'll defend the Knicks on this podcast. I don't care. I don't care. I'll do it. My mom's from New York. That's my second team, bro. There you go. Always has been. I thought your second team is wherever Terrence Ross is. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I'm like like how Bron stands, yeah. just travel from team to team. I just I I just my Rostam. My Rostam travels, but After I don't every who's that tall guy wearing three? After every sports center post, it's like, and this is why Terrence Ross is the GOAT. <laughs> oh man maybe one day maybe one day he'll be a, re- a ring chasing vet coming to the lakers oh my god i mean the fact that uh, <laughs> i know it, it's it, it's it's so funny to me like the cost of serge Ibaka was terrence ross and like whatever else they attached to him yeah kcp didn't even get terrence ross money that's funny that's disrespectful. It's also funny because I wanted to end this podcast with a KCP shout out. <laughs> the man, the oh, man. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. He's you know, back. That, the, the, the off season was an A, but if they but with bring back KCP, it was like an A plus. It's funny. I was still stressed. I was like, I was like, we're yeah. good. Saw we're the, good. But like, we're missing saw the New York rumors. You're like, no, no way. Come on. I did. I was I was in my head like, I mean, if we're going to sign and trade, what in the world are they going to give us back? I don't want Dennis Smith Jr. But when, we, <laughs> when I saw we re-signed him, I was like, it's a, it's a wrap. I care about nothing yeah. else. We we I mean, we still need, I think we need one more guard. But we need a guard. All right, this is the last. We'll end on this. We'll end on this. The Lakers have, what, two Aaron's more? Ross. <laughs> <laughs> the Lakers have three. Well, the, technically, they have three more roster spots, not including the two ways, right? Because they have 11 players on the roster. I'm counting AD. I'm not going to do this, play this game with people. Um, They have three roster spots after that. I'm assuming they're going to hold one open for the buyout market. So that way they don't have to cut anybody like they did last year. I want Jared Dudley on the team. Well, he's on the team. He talks like he's on the team, at least. He he added Bobby Marks earlier today. Like, that dude was trying to leak out the fact that, like, He's got something going, and Wes Matthews shouted exactly him out today it. too. Like exactly during his, sorry, quick tangent. I, I forgot to bring this up when we're talking about Wes, but that dude saying like, "Yeah, Eddie Jones was my favorite player growing up." I was just like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this guy gets it." Like if if Dennis was uh, if 
if Dennis Schroeder uh, uh, got myself. Freudian slip there. Bro, if you like Dennis, bro. Look, I if, love the Ville. Dreamville, baby. It's no Dennis problem. Just do the solid. But if, if, if Dennis Schroeder was just like, hey, man, Nick Van Axel, I, I wish I could have been him. Like, I've been like, yeah, this is like the best of both worlds. It's like the pre, like, Shaq and Kobe, it'll kind of during, but like before they started winning, I was like, those are like people I like watching when I was like really young. Like it's exciting. But anyway, um, yeah, Jared Dudley, he's, he's back. Like that dude was just like, listen, I will beg Rob Polinka to take me back. And like that dude will probably take like a six figure deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? How many, how many, so, how many roster spots do the Lakers have right now? Three, correct. So, so 11 roster spots taken. AD makes 12. There's three available. Yeah. My assumption is that one is being left open for the bio market. Right. Another is Jared Dudley's. So if they are going to leave one for the open for the bio market, and if Jared Dudley is going to be on the Lakers, they only have one more roster spot available. And my question was, do you think they use that on a ball handling guard or another big, a different big, a more JaVale Dwight jumper rim runner vertical threat type big? Y'all, y'all, y'all might not agree with me on this. I, I'm gonna counteract it by saying no Hassan Whiteside. No, I'm not gonna say. I'm not Ever. gonna say Hassan Whiteside. Okay, cool. I, I, I'm, I'm happy with anyone out in with uh, not with Hassan Whiteside. I, I can't stand that guy. What if? And I know he won't get a ton of playing time. Like he probably won't play. It'll be like Jared Dudley type minutes. Jordan Farmer retired, Ali. Can't, <laughs> no, gotta, no, 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 no. They, they can't. They can't pick up Leangelo Ball. I, oof, that's a good thing. I was. I, I was thinking of him, but no. Um, how Gasol? Timeout now. How Gasol is such yeah. a cool story to add him. It's not like he's like unplayable. Do you, if you if like a, if a center is hurt, he can come off the bench. Listen, don't give me these looks right now. I don't. No, I'm only confused because haven't we had a Pau Gasol as the last man on the roster conversation on yes. this podcast? Yeah, we did, and I'm we still did. gonna, yeah. I'm still gonna fight for it. I feel like no. we're in the minority, though. Like, I feel like a lot of people want this to happen. Like, Ali, I think you're in the majority. Like, a lot of people want Pau Gasol as the last. Imagine seeing him spot. winning one on his on his retirement. Like, he's gonna retire this season. He just has one more season. He wins it. And he wins it with his brother and like just surpassing the Celtics, like all that with Pal. Bruh, let that man rest his plantar fasciitis in the comfort of his own. Why home, not bruh? rest it on the bench at like Jared Dudley last season? Like, because he old, bruh. I don't yeah. want to see Pal in this light. I don't want to see him wash. Like, yeah. I remember watching Metal World Peace sign for like that last Byron <laughs> Scott year. And I was like, dude, he looked okay, awful okay. that but year. And you did thing. not need to he be. Got- on the team no, no, no. like i don't want to remember was, Pau this way he like. got way too many minutes like byron scott kept bringing him in when they were down like 25 and like the second corner is like bring in meta to pump up the team it's like no man no don't do that don't so you think pal's just gonna stay on the bench every night like there's no way like he's gonna he's a professional who's competitor who's gonna want to play like i i don't want to see pound this light let's maybe sign him to a one day yeah you know, one let day. him retire a laker we can and technically that. he'll uh, get a championship ring if he does so no, um, i'll tell you one thing um if if he does play the uh, join the roster i do not want to see him at the end of the bench i want to see him in game so ali i'll give you that i don't want to see this token oh like like the bucks oh we got the lopez's like like <laughs> I, we don't do that if Powell, I saw those videos of him working out with his mask on, real trooper. 
If he's going to play, if he's going to be on the team, I need minutes for that guy. No dead weight. Even Jared Dudley is good for coups. <laughs> it, it, uh, it, it's interesting because Powell posted that video of him working out. And it was just like, I don't think I've seen Powell ever do this. No. Oh, no that dude's basically it. Yeah, Did that dude's basically asking. Yeah. Did he add the Drake song to it? Like, was that him who added it? Like, it was like, it was to a Drake song. Did I miss that? Yeah, it was like him shooting. I right? was watching it, but I didn't have volume on. elbow jumper. Uh, okay. It's really weird that they had Tuesday's Light uh, odd song choice. Yeah, it was, the audio was like pumped in. Yeah. No, I, oh I, I, I don't I don't know. I, I didn't watch it with audio on. Okay, I'm the only one that turned it off. <laughs> you just you felt you felt the Drake, so you knew. Yeah, you there's it. there's yeah, just a Drake like, sense. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, imagine wow. there was no audio whatsoever. He <laughs> just heard there Drake. Yeah. The dude's gonna get hit by a copyright thing. Like Drake's gonna have that video taken down. <laughs> My OVO sense is tingling. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's playing Drake in a car somewhere. <laughs> yeah. No, no, not is the that, Toronto uh, mixtapes. Uh, Comeback season uh, two. <laughs> is that views? Oh no. Oh god, yo, they took Tuscan leather off Spotify, bro. Well, it's a good thing. It's I just like grayed out. No way. What? Why would they? They took it off. Nothing was the same. Yeah, it's like it's like you can't play it. Ali, don't mention Apple Music to me, bro. You know, you know where I stand on this on this debate. Yeah, and you stand on the wrong side of it. I switched, Ali. I'm sorry. No, but like it. It's all right. It's whatever. You don't get Tuscan leather. Playlists fire. I, I got Tuscan leather downloaded by legal means on my phone. So it's not by legal. Lime You're asking for a virus. Doesn't <laughs> seven anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Lakers, defending NBA champions, retooling the roster. I think better than any other team in the league, and uh, we will get the test of that statement in about five weeks. Yeah, I looked at my watch for for weeks. <laughs> my fake watch. Does it tell you what it's week five we're in? Past the six. We're in. We're in the two hundred seventieth week of the month. No, the month that made no sense. Dude, we should end this. What? We should end. What? We should end this. That's how you know. <laughs> yeah. Man's anyway, be at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's one thirty to me. I don't know why you're so delirious. Just kidding. <laughs> I I know. I was just kidding. Anyway, because of LimeWire. In between now and the start of the season, hopefully we have some more. Uh, another roster. Another roster spot filled. Another news cycle to talk about. Uh, another Celtics failure, like losing your signed free agent, prize free agent for nothing. But until nothing. then, this has been the forum. Peace. Peace.